0: Hey Cam. Yes, Alex. You know, in in all my travels around the world, I've I've found myself inspired, and I and I want to I want to bring as much of that inspiration to the show uh, as possible. So with with that in mind, uh, I've I've got a joke I wanted to tell you.
1: <sighs> okay, here we go. Lay
0: it on me. All right. An Englishman, a Scotsman, an Irishman, a Welshman, a Russian, a Latvian, a Turk, an Aussie, two Kiwis, a German, an American, an Egyptian, a Mexican, a Spaniard, a Pole, a Lithuanian, a Romanian, a Dane, an Israeli, a Bulgarian, a Serb, a Greek, a Norwegian, an Ethiopian, a Nigerian, and a Chilean walk into a nightclub. The bouncer steps in front of the group and says, sorry, I I can't let you in without a tie.
1: And somehow you just offended every single one of those groups with that joke. (laughs) Gansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions!
0: Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast, presented by Drink. Here are your hosts, Cam Matthews and Alex Butler. Now you're on in big, big room. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What shaking, bacon. Ah, not too much, not too much. You know, uh, the week started out fun, but kind of tailed off towards the end. But we'll get into that a bit. Uh, what, Cam? What have you been up to this week?
1: Oh, you know, just the same old, same old work week. Enjoying some good old Braves baseball at, at the end of the, end of a long, hard day. Getting getting more and more comfortable in our new house which I think I'm finally like used to used to waking up here and uh, I feel like we've got everything settled where we want it you know it only took only took about a month and a half which is fun but what is uh, what is your what does your little girl think about it? Oh she loves it like the, in anybody that comes over for the first time because you know n- now that we're actually in our house, people just drop in all the time you know to come check things out she immediately grabs them and takes them to her room. Like she is so incredibly <laughs> proud of her room. It's not even funny. And the first thing she always says is my bed is pink. Because she has, cause she has a nice like pink bedspread and everything. Yes. So, love it. Yeah. yeah. She has a, she has a castle tent in the corner of her bedroom that like she has a lot of her stuffed animals in. So oftentimes we'll just find I mean, her I can't, I can't chilling out there. I kind of do that exact
0: same thing with like my man cave. So I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You, know, you have your space, and you are proud of it. Exactly. Come look at the things that I think are
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they're cool, so you should, too. I hope
0: you will as well, so I feel validated.
1: <laughs> is that not the worst thing, like, when you don't get validated for something you think is cool? Yeah, like, just lie to me. If... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. I think if I'm the worst showing thing...
0: you something, and I feel excited about it, just... Just, just lie, pretend to be excited. I, I,
1: I'm not quite sure what's worse—like showing somebody something that you're very excited about, and they do not share that same expression, or showing somebody something that you think is hilarious, and they think it's awful. Oh, that's the worst. That is the worst. Like that is the feel, absolute worst when you <laughs> when you feel like your your uh, like your sense of humor is
0: just being judged. Oh, yeah, and, and like you you know what's going to be said. So you're like looking at them seconds uh, uh. before the punchline like are you ready? Get ready. Right, right.
1: <laughs> like the, the, my my worst case of that ever is that I so I I have a cousin who um who lives on the same dirt road that I live on. He's about 3 years older than I am. We grew up next door to each other so you know we're more like brothers than anything else. And he and I share a lot of common interests. Our senses of humor, though, are a little bit different. And one day I showed him the clip of Tom Segura finding out that Burt Kreischer drinks a gallon of Kool-Aid every day, which (laughs) if you've never seen that clip, it is genuinely hilarious. You should go out of your way to watch it. It, This fool did not he did not crack a smile. He did not smirk nothing.
0: <laughs> and I just I felt I felt
1: just two inches tall.
0: Oh yeah. Or or like when you uh when you're in the car with somebody and they've never heard a song by your favorite band and you put that right. on and you're like, oh, this is the part they're really gonna get into. Oh. Oh, oh no. Okay. I'm I'm weird. Well, okay.
1: Or like or like hey, uh, so-and-so just released this new album you should really go check it out you would absolutely like it and then two weeks later you're like hey did you listen to that new album yet and they're like no nah, not yet <laughs> When in the back of your mind <laughs> when in the back of your mind you're like i've listened to it 17 times but i'm not gonna admit that to you i would
0: i i would never do that with with anything not an album not a television show not uh not not anything
1: yeah yeah, it's like uh, it's like the other day in our big group chat where I explained, like where we were all talking
0: about like old YouTube videos that we used well, to it's, like. Well, it's it's you and now me with I think you should leave specifically, right? Uh, well, yeah, getting there.
1: I mean, OK, don't get me wrong. Like we have our I think you should leave group, which is a very small, eclectic group of people. But hey, season three coming soon, hopefully. Yeah. But no, like, the other day in in the other group, we were all talking about, like, old YouTube videos. And so, of course, like, Charlie the Unicorn got brought up and llamas with hats. Yeah, yeah, you know, videos like that. And then we got to talking about, like, other things we enjoy on YouTube now. And I threw out there, like, yeah, I really enjoy Meat Canyon stuff, but I would not recommend it to anybody. And that just, like, fell to radio silence. And I was like, okay, that's (laughs) probably a proper response to that because – when you see the name Meat Canyon, you probably have no idea what that actually
0: entails. Um, I don't even want to guess, honestly. <laughs> Too many ways Honest. for that to go south. Okay, so I'm just- I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm just
1: gonna go ahead and throw this out there that if you are listening to this show right now and you know what meat canyon is, you know exactly why I say I would not necessarily recommend it to anybody. Um, it is highly so th- there's this guy and i cannot remember his name a little he is a like little a,
0: blue as they say
1: uh, so he's he's a uh, he's an insanely talented animator like incredibly talented he's also a very talented voice artist and so he creates like his own little animated shorts on his youtube channel mm-hmm. but they are always very dark and very graphic and usually have a twist in
0: Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay, let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. I'm Michael Judson-Berry. And I'm Paris Nicholson. And we're both influencers. We're also your amazing hosts of The Social Dose, a fabulous new podcast where we serve your weekly dose of social's most important stories. It's like the Yossification of news brought to you by us, Paris and Michael. Join us and special correspondents three times a week, every week. So listen to The Social Dose from Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts
1: in the end that goodness like he it's kind of it's kind of like the content that goes out of its way to make you uncomfortable like if just if i I watch some of this
0: if i watch some of this before i'm done will i be calling someone to go to your house and check on you possibly
1: (laughs) possibly uh actually sounds
0: perfect okay if you go watch any of this you're probably gonna
1: think less of me i'm just gonna go ahead and say that I, i couldn't possibly Okay, yeah, well, some of the things I've said, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to go all the way to Italy to have our podcast forgiven, let's be fair here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's uh, a bad thing, that some of the stuff I say saying in group chats is so much worse.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're probably right.
1: Yeah, all right. Anyway.
0: Well, what game, have you been up to uh, this week? Uh, not a whole lot. I've been watching baseball like everybody else. Luckily, the, uh, the two... Less fun games of the week so far uh, have been midday games that I haven't really been able to watch. So that was, that made it a little, a little bit easier. Uh, but gather. Cam, uh, so t- let, let's tell the people as we're recording this, uh, it is Saturday night. And that yes. is because tomorrow is Father's Day. So, uh, so Cam, to the father on the show, happy hey. Father's Day.
1: Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> you go me. <laughs> you Lord knows you did all the work. Oh gosh, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and and if if Megan ever asks me, I'm gonna say you confirmed that. <laughs> the bad thing is I actually looked over to make sure my door was closed. <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell me you've seen that key and peel sketch oh yeah and i said said, (laughs) okay okay okay
1: let's let's talk about key and peel for a second oh please okay my like my favorite thing that they ever did so you know how season one key and peel they came out a la Chappelle show and like introduced Introduce sketches beforehand yes exactly and then of course and then of course you had that sketch that popped up every once in a while where like the guys would go way out of their way to talk bad about their wives or whatever mm-hmm. and then you transition to season two where the in-between sketches were also like sketches of both key and pill like driving in the middle of a desert in a car yes did you ever see how they paid that off oh no it was a reference to those those skits of them getting away from their wives. Oh my god, that's awesome! Like if you if you go to the, I think it's the probably the very last episode of Key and Peele that they ever that they ever shot. Like they they're out in the middle of the desert, and finally, um, he goes, "Yeah, I think right here is okay." And he finally like pulls over. And keep in mind, like all season long, you've been seeing them in this car with like no context as to why they're doing this. And he finally pulls over, and one of them just goes. And I said, Bee? <laughs> and that was the entire
0: payoff to the whole season. I love it. Playing the long game. That's how you do it. So
1: good. So good. But yes, if you enjoyed Key and pill, you would absolutely enjoy I Think You Should Leave. Um, it's just as zany, maybe a little bit weirder, though. But like ultra specific, like soundbite situational comedy if that makes
0: sense. <laughs> well, like, we, quick, we quickly digressed from Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. <laughs> happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Oh, Lord. Um, but yes, to anyone listening to this show who uh, who may be so fortunate as to have brought life upon this earth, Happy Father's Day to you as well. Yeah, yeah. So... Here, here, here's some here's some fun, Alex.
1: Since we, we are a baseball podcast of sorts, every now and then we talk about our great nation's pastime, and then we you know talk about other stuff plenty of other times as well. But uh, since we are kind of a baseball and sports podcast, and Father's Day is right here, essentially, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us, not all of us, of course, because everybody's different, but I would say a lot of us are baseball fans because of our dads. Or, or whoever, you know, or whoever else was the prominent male figure in your life, whether it was your grandfather or an uncle, you know, whomever. Um, but in, in the spirit of that, Alex, what are some what are some of your favorite sports memories with your dad?
0: Well, I but let's see. So first baseball game I ever went to was it must have been 1989, I want to say. I know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! It was 1989, and we went to see the Cubs play at Wrigley Field because we were shooting. Uh, we were living in Chicago at the time, and I was I, I was pretty quickly hooked. Um, you may be surprised to find out who my first favorite baseball player was. Ooh.
1: Let's see, 1989. Like, is it from that era or is it later on? Like, are you a little bit older? Not only from that era, from that team.
0: Ooh, 89 Cubs. Got a, got a guess? You're going to absolutely hate me when I tell you who it was. Greg Maddox. No. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the best guess I've gotten. It was Ryan Sandberg. Oh, God. I I was a four-year-old who loved him some Ryan Sandberg.
1: <laughs> Ryan Sandberg. Let's see. How old is he now? He is 62 years old. Nicknamed Rhino.
0: Oh, yeah. He is a Hall of Famer. Let's, let's be fair here. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He is a Hall of Famer. I'm I'm looking at a I'm I'm looking at that team and I didn't even realize how good some of these players I was getting to see were. That, let's look at this roster. Andre Dawson, Sean Dunstan, Joe Girardi was on the roster. Mark Grace. Uh um, oh yeah, longtime cub Joe Girardi. Greg Maddox, Ryan Sandberg, and he, Rick Sutcliffe. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, there were some names on that
1: team. So how many how many baseball games have you and your dad been to together?
0: Oh man. Um It's been a couple of years since we've been to one but but dozens and dozens and dozens. More more Very than cool. I more than I can count. We Very we cool. were pretty we were pretty lucky growing up one because my dad had my dad had an interest in in baseball. He uh he played all through his youth and actually played uh Division three. He was a he was a pitcher at Marietta College in Ohio, and so he he wanted me to be his little baseball player, and I wanted to be that. So we got right. we got to go to a bunch of games, and um, we were friends with the family, friends with the the guys who owned the Chattanooga Lookouts when we lived there. So we got to see a bunch of games there, and uh, my uncle was in advertising and would get a, would just land free tickets to all kinds of sporting events so that afforded us many an opportunity to go see some pretty darn cool stuff together. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. What what about you, Cam? What's what's your what's your first baseball memory with your dad? Ooh
1: first baseball memory. I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like You know, especially when my dad, you know, when my dad was younger and I was, you know, just kind of coming up, I feel like he and I were very similar in a lot of ways of like how I am now, where, you know, if it was the evening after supper, you know, or whatever, there was there was a baseball game on. So, you know, some of my earliest memories are just being in the living room of the house that I grew up in and, you know, some kind of baseball game being on. It was either baseball or wrestling that was on, I feel like. Was your dad a wrestling fan too? Uh, yeah, like, during the Attitude Era, man, my dad was a huge uh Steve Austin fan, like, big time. Yeah, like, just a a tremendous Steve Austin fan, because, you know, they're both, they're both basically the same age, so I think it was, like, cool for him to see, you know, this guy just, like, sticking it to the man, you know what I mean? Like, that that, that sort of thing. (laughs) Biggest star in wrestling history. Oh, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, my first, like, really just distinct memories in terms of baseball with him are just, you know, being in our living room of our house watching it, and of course, you know, growing up out in the backyard and learning how to play catch and fielding grounders and stuff like that. And you know, my favorite, my favorite lesson that he ever gave me in that regard, and I feel like I've said it a thousand times to you know younger family members, nieces, nephews, whoever, you know, out in the yard with a glove in their hand. It hit my fa- his favorite phrase to always tell me was your glove. When you play baseball, is your best friend. Your glove is going to keep you from getting hurt, and your glove is going to keep you from making mistakes. Use it wisely, like that. That was his thing: is that your glove is your best friend. So that's always something I've kind of little little do you know.
0: Looking back, he he should have just been teaching you launch angle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, my dad, <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know why he was not teaching me these advanced analytics. You could
0: have been, you you could have been, uh, uh, Daniel Vogelbach out there just smacking ding- dingers for millions oh, of man. dollars. Let me tell you. Did you see the one that he crushed today? I did not.
1: <laughs> I think he put it in the Allegheny. Of course he did. <laughs> we, <laughs> I, uh, if I, uh, side note, I had a buddy over, um, during at one point during the Pirates series and he, he saw daniel vogelbach on tv and he was like good lord that's a big guy and i said yeah he's big but he has there are his at bats produce one of two outcomes basically
0: yes he either hits a home run or he's screaming at the umpire it, Pretty it's, much, it's yeah.
1: one of those two things it's either a loud homer or a quiet out yes no i was just gonna say like you know it, Growing up, you know, some of my fondest memories were just out in the backyard, you know, spending time with dad. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily
0: even, like, teaching me anything. Were were you playing catch or were you having a catch?
1: You play catch.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're welcome. I was so sure you were going having a catch on that one. Who says that? Does anyone actually say... You want to have a catch? (laughs) The only people that can say
1: that are kids who don't know better. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, you know, just and and, like you look back on it and you realize that, you know, you weren't necessarily even out there with your dad to learn anything necessarily or whatever, you know, at, at the time, especially as you start to get a little bit older and, you know, maybe there's other things you'd rather do. Like when you hit that like 10, 11 year old spot yep. where, you know, you'd rather do this or rather go do that, you know, in, in the evenings. And he insists that like, no, 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 let, let's, let's go outside. Let, let's throw a little bit. Like you look back and you realize it wasn't necessarily him trying to cultivate your talent or anything like that. Like you realize that it was just something he wanted to do with you. And so that yeah. that's cool. That's cool, and so like all to all the dads out there, you know, you know exactly what I
0: mean by that. Man, that hits. That's uh... you're welcome. Nicely done. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, hey, making without all, making without, all the fellas cry. With without further ado, why don't we transition into some Father's Day themed moments from baseball history?
1: Let's do it. All righty, we're gonna jump into. This week in baseball history, but a, with a little bit of a twist. Again, as we are celebrating Father's Day here on the pod, we wanted to take a quick note, uh, quick note of some pretty cool events that happened on Father's Day across MLB history. Our first fact comes to us from June nineteenth, 2016. Jared Weaver made the most of Father's Day in 2016, throwing a three-hit shutout against the A's in a 2-0 victory in Oakland. All three hits he allowed were singles as he fired the eighth and final shutout of his career. Weaver otherwise struggled that season, but this was a throwback performance for a pitcher who finished among the top five in the AL Cy Young voting three times and also threw a no-hitter in 2012. Talk about a guy, Jared Weaver, that just absolutely dominated for such a short period of time but is still memorable.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like he played forever but was only like a, a dominant pitcher for a couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't didn't he get a video game
0: cover too? I feel like I don't know. I Maybe kind of weird to all think right. about at this point.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, when I saw that one pop up, so I sourced all of these all of these facts that we're going to list off here tonight from an article that was actually just released a couple of days ago that highlighted one, you know, the, the the best Father's Day moment for every single team. And so that was, of course, the, the selection for the Angels. And so when I saw Jared Weaver's name, I was like, oh, yeah, Jared Weaver was a huge
0: deal. He like,
1: was. He, he was really dang good. Cool stuff.
0: All you right. Know, Art- I, I always got him confused with uh, uh, Bronson Arroyo. I thought they looked, like, identical. <laughs>
1: See, now now I I don't remember exactly what Bronson Arroyo looked like, so let me... me, Yeah, yeah, I can see that, okay. Tall, lanky guy with long blonde hair,
0: yeah, I can see that. And that gives me a reason to bring up one of the greatest gifts I ever received. Uh, For Christmas, one of my best friends got me, uh, this was years ago, so he got me a CD... And it was uh, a CD that Bronson Arroyo released of himself playing guitar and singing uh, cover songs. Okay. So there was like Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and uh, whole whole bunch of like 90s rock music that he released an album of covers of. That's interesting. And it was Alrighty. terrible and it was the funniest gift I ever got. There was, an, there was an article
1: about Bronson Arroyo four years ago from The Athletic, it looks like. The title of the article is, Cool as Ever, Bronson Arroyo is Living Life After Baseball to the Fullest. Oh, oh, okay. And in the cover picture, he is sitting with a guitar. So there you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> still there got it. There you go. He's still got it, baby. All right. Our next fact comes to us from June 20th, 1971. Fittingly, Willie Stargell, the man who became known as Pops, starred on Father's Day. On their way to winning the 1971 World Series, the Pirates swept the Expos in a doubleheader at Three River Stadium, and Stargell homered in both games. While Steve Blass pitched a complete game and Richie Hebner drove in four runs, the Hall of Fame slugger Stargell took Howie Reed deep in the fifth inning of Pittsburgh's 7-1 victory in the opener, it was a 430-foot shot into the upper deck, according to a New York Times account, at the time the longest home run hit at Three River Stadium and one of Stargell's MLB-leading 48 homers that year. Then the Bucks bashed the, Expos, bashed the Expos with a seven-run seventh inning in the second game, with Stargell smashing a grand slam off of Mike Marshall in their 7-3 win.
0: Man, so, I, Willie Sharp is one of those guys that if he had played like in New York instead of Pittsburgh, uh, he he would have been like unanimous first ballot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, what a, what a, just what an
1: almost feels like a little bit ahead of his time in yeah. in a way to like just kind of the big beefy power hitter, you know. Going would, out there and just
0: dropping it on
1: Father's Day,
0: he would he would be upset to see the uh, the the NL having the DH now. That would, would been the, so. that would have been the perfect position for him. I would say so. I, I I would certainly say
1: so. And fun fact, I believe wasn't it Chipper Jones that claims that Willie Stargell was the one that convinced him to use a heavier bat? Was it? Oh, I hadn't heard that. I think so. Like when Chipper was starting to come up through the minor league system, Willie Stargell was like a, you know, an instructor within the Braves organization at that point at like a low level or something like that. And yeah, I'm I'm almost certain of this, that Chipper said that, you know, Willie was the one that convinced him like, Hey, you should use a heavier bat. Like let the bat do the work for you.
0: Yeah. Which is really neat. I mean, that was a, I feel like that was a very old school Thing, but I mean it wasn't necessarily wrong um, I, I remember I went to the Louisville Slugger Museum uh, a couple of years ago and they had replica bats of all these different players so uh, the two I grabbed I grabbed the Ronald Acuna Jr. bat and I grabbed the Hank Aaron bat and good lord I could hardly get that Hank Aaron bat up to my shoulder yeah <laughs> So,
1: okay. so I I found I found an article that mentions this story. And uh, I said I I, I said this piece of advice a lot nicer than Willie Stargell probably did because it says here it was Stargell, a roving instructor for the Braves. when Jones was a minor leaguer who picked up Jones's bat and said, quote, son, I pick my teeth with bigger pieces of wood than this. (laughs) Stargell suggested Jones swing the heaviest bat he could get around and let the pitcher supply the power. I swung that heavy
0: bat to the day I retired, Jones said. Wow.
1: So yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty neat.
0: I mean, when you're when you're coming up in the league, and a guy like Willie Stargell's giving you advice, you, you tend to listen, I'd imagine. I was gonna say your
1: response should be two words, and it's yes, sir.
0: <laughs> yep. That, that that that's about
1: it. All right. Our next fact comes to us from June 18th, 2017, a very, very memorable moment, just only being five years ago. But man, when you think about how cool this actually is in terms of happenstance, it is a heck of a moment in baseball. On Father's Day in 2017, Nolan Arenado gave his dad and a lot of dads in Colorado a historic gift. He became the first player in Major League history to hit a walk-off home run to complete the cycle when his team was trailing entering that plate appearance, lifting the Rockies to a 7-5 victory over the Giants at Coors Field. Only four other players had ever hit a walk-off homer for the cycle, period. So that is a cool moment. That is a very cool moment. Like, not only is it you're coming up, you know, you're coming. You have to hit a home run in your last at bat to complete the cycle. Like that, like that's cool. You very, know, in, in, in very. a way. But the fact that that home run was also required of you to win a baseball game in walk off fashion. <laughs> like if you go back and watch that clip, I don't I know bet if that
0: I, crowd was losing it.
1: I don't know if I have ever seen a baseball player more amped up than than Nolan Arenado. In that, I moment. mean. The man is losing his mind, and it's absolutely incredible. As he should. Yeah, so very, you know, it's one thing to hit for the cycle. It's another thing to hit for the cycle with a home run in your last at-bat. But first time ever (laughs) hitting for the cycle with a walk-off homer. Very neat stuff. Absolutely. All right, and our final fact. Of course, we had to highlight the Braves, and who else would have the biggest moment in Father's Day history? For the Atlanta Braves, then Mr. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron hit three homers in a game only once in a 13-3 victory over the Giants at San Francisco's Seal Stadium on Father's Day in 1959. Aaron began his memorable performance with a two-run homer off of Johnny Antonelli in the first inning. The Braves outfielder added two-run shots in the sixth and seventh innings to further back Warren Spahn's complete
0: game effort. Wow. That's that's a game I wish I could have watched. Yeah. I was busy that day. Give me a break. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. I guess you were helping Jeff with yard work that day or something. I have to beat you to it. It's the only way. That's fair. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love how like self conscious you are, but it now it's like <laughs> I've gotta say it before he does. It's it's the podcast version of like looking around every corner before you walk into a room. Right, right. I will
1: say that there is there is a very cool channel on YouTube. And I I can't remember what it's called. It's something very genetic, like classic MLB radio or something like that. And I don't know who this person is. I don't know how they've been allowed to keep all of these videos up. But they have like hundreds of full length radio broadcasts from back in like the 50s, 60s and 70s. And it's tremendous content. Like, if you want to go back and listen to Game 7 of the 1957 World Series between the Braves and Yankees, guess what? You can, because it's there. Like, I, I need you to
0: find me where that is. I got you, fam. I Sounds amazing.
1: I will send it to you. I bring that up to say, I almost wonder if this game could possibly be on there. Because, you know, Ooh. yeah, there's a bunch of World Series games, but there's also just a bunch of random, like, July 17th, 1954, Yankees-Dodgers. Like, just stuff like that. You know, just very random games, but very cool. And what's also neat is that the commercials are all in there. And all the ad reads oh, and everything else.
0: that's fantastic. I think I'm more excited about that than the baseball.
1: Okay, that's fine. That's fair. I will send that to you, and we'll we'll be sure to post a link to that on our Twitter as well because it is, it is a good time. Uh, I have fallen asleep many a night listening to a random game from like the early 60s just because I wanted something to listen to. Good stuff. Good stuff. So that has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will.
0: All right, guys. Well, we will be right back to recap the last week for the Braves and take a look at what is ahead. All right, folks. Our Atlanta Braves came into the week riding an 11-game winning streak, 11 games. But they did most of that at home. Would they be able to keep it going on the road? The, the week started with a series in D.C. to face the uh, division rival Nationals, uh, and it got started pretty well. Had, uh, had Ian Anderson on the mound uh, going up against Erasmo Ramirez for the, uh, for the Nationals. And Anderson didn't give us his best start. We, we got, only got four innings out of him. He allowed six hits and four earned runs, only struck out three and walked four. So objectively, a rough one for Ian Anderson. Luckily, the bullpen came in and did some phenomenal work, as we've come to expect them to do over the course of the season. Uh, but the real story in this game had nothing to do with pitching. It was the offense. So the Braves got the scoring started early with a big second inning that included a Travis Darno home run to left and a Dansby Swanson RBI single that scored two. Braves were up three to nothing early, come back in the third and Ozuna launches a two run homer to left, making it five to nothing before Adam Duvall comes in and hits a solo job to left center. It is six to nothing by the end of the third inning. So didn't, didn't feel all that bad about Ian giving up some runs when you got a six-nothing cushion. cushion. So af- after the fifth inning, Ian allowed those four runs like we talked about. It was six to four. But then uh, we come back in the sixth, and Dansby, homers to center, scoring Duvall, putting us up eight to four. Couple of solo home runs from each team to end the game. Uh, concluding with a Michael Harris homer to left center field. Braves the first win. of his career. The first of his career. First of mine. Bye. Bye, God. Uh, and the Braves win 9-5, stretch their winning streak to 12 games. Neat. Neat. So good, like start. good start to the week for the Braves. Uh, so come back for the second game of that national series. Uh, and we have Max Fried on the mound. Not the greatest start from Max Fried, but not the worst start we ended up getting. Uh, getting five and two thirds from him. He did allow four earned runs, struck out six, only walked one. Uh, but once again, pitching didn't really have to carry the load in this game. This no. was a, this was yet another offensive breakout for the Atlanta Braves, and uh, and, and boy, was it a fun one to watch.
1: Oh. Yeah. It, it... Man, I tell you, you start hitting, this would have been, what, 13 in a row now? Oh, yeah. You can't help but just feel great at this point about how the offense is looking. I mean, they are just clicking. You, you know, you're putting up nine runs on Monday night, now 10 runs on Tuesday.
0: Your hot players are staying hot. Your cold players are getting <laughs> hot. It was exactly where you wanted to be with all Dansby this going Swant,
1: on. Dansby Swanson suddenly looks like the MVP of the team
0: right now. Seriously, Dansby has been... Uh, and, and I know we've talked about it, but I don't think we can talk about it enough. Um, look, like, I understand it is highly likely that Dansby is, is due for a, a downturn in offensive production. Uh, but I, I, I said it online this week. If you're going to give me elite defense 100% of the time and offense so good that it can carry the whole team, like maybe one-third to two-thirds of the time, that's a really damn good player. One that you might want to think about starting extension talks with. I mean, you know,
1: there, there is certainly the argument of jumping on that train now from a sense of affordability of that. When you think about next year's potential roster, you know, I think that if you, you know, if you're able to lock up Dansby now for a few more years on a very affordable contract, and you know, if next year the worst thing is that Dansby Swanson is still your starting shortstop,
0: it's not. Yeah, then that's work. not. No, no, that's not a bad thing at all. In fact, there uh, there's beginning to be an argument to be made that 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 is your best course of action. I, I mean, it, if. The only reason you let Dansby Swanson go this coming offseason is because you know for a fact that you're either going to get Carlos Correa or Trey Turner. If you don't get one of those two and you don't bring Dansby Swanson back, you're in deep, deep trouble. So I'd almost be... I'd almost be comfortable with just going ahead, signing Dansby, keeping him around for a while. Everyone knows he's an Atlanta kid. He loves to be here. He'll probably sign any contract with Atlanta's name at the top of it. Just just get it done so we can have some security. Well, and I think, too, you know, I think it all goes back to
1: what are your what are your goals roster-wise for, for next season? You know – it appears as of right now, we've got quite a bit of money that's going to come off the books after this year. And, you know, one would certainly hope and expect that payroll could get another little bump going into next season. So, you know, are there are other areas that you could make that big splash with. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be terribly expensive to to resign Dansby, I wouldn't think. Now, the, the way he's playing at the moment uh, seems to be – vaulting him into probably a higher tax bracket for his next contract but oh without a doubt but relative to those other people i named the correas and the turners of the world you, you i imagine you would get Dansby fairly cheap certainly cheaper now than in december well and you also have to consider while there is a lot of money coming off the books you got Austin Riley, who's going to need an extension. You've got Max Fried who's going to need an extension. Hell, you got Kyle Wright, who you really want to extend at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, got to got to keep those things in mind. But back to the Tuesday game against the Nationals, it was a, another offensive clinic for the Braves. Got home run from Swanson, home run from Ozuna, second career home run from Michael Harris, the second. Orlando Garcia with a big home run, uh, just a, a, a massive game for the offense. Braves win the second game of the National Series, 10 to 4. The winning streak is up to 12 games now. And, and I think it was after this game where, where I started, like, really looking into and appreciating and understanding the, the, the historical aspect of what we were doing. Um, well, not just not just the
1: historical aspect of it, but just you know, I think the difficulty
0: of winning that many
1: that many oh, yeah. games in a row.
0: Oh yeah, and, and so we go into the Wednesday game. Spencer Strider gets the start for the Braves, going up against Eric Fetty. So Spencer Strider, we said, and it looked like in this series we didn't need a lot from our pitching. Well, we we got a good bit from Spencer Strider on this day. Spencer goes five and two-thirds, allowing only two earned runs, walked two, strikes out a career-high 11 batters in this game. 11. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. That boy good. That boy's good. He's, he's, he's really starting to figure it out on, on the mound starting, and, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and there does not seem to be – much, if any, of a pitch limit on him. I mean, in this game, he he went 106 pitches. Uh, that's that's a pretty tall order for someone who's pretty fresh to the big leagues.
1: Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna be entering scary hours with this young man. I feel like. Oh,
0: it's gonna be great. Uh, so yeah, the the home run barrage continued with uh, another Orlando Arcia home run, which is huge because that's two consecutive games or Orlando arcia home run uh hit a home run that's two consecutive games that orlando arcia played second base that is two consecutive games since ozzy albies went down with a broken foot in the monday game against the nationals forgot to mention that uh blocking it out of my mind at this point um at as we sit here today uh Albies has undergone his surgery to stabilize his foot. By all accounts, that was successful. And from what I've read, I think you can expect to, to see him return on the short end six weeks, on the long end ten weeks. Uh, but, but that one hurts. That's uh, obviously, you know, it, regardless of his production at the plate or in the field, he's, he's kind of... In my mind, the emotional leader of this Braves team. So, uh, really sucks to see our guy Ozzy go down for an extended period of time.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And this, I don't know. Have they have they confirmed whether this was like an underlying issue to begin with? Because it just it feels like such a
0: freak injury. I, I haven't uh, heard anything suggesting that. Um, I, I did hear one doctor kind of breaking down the two or three possible sort of breaks. That he could have had in his foot, um, and and none of them sounded particularly good, right? Uh, but yeah, it was just it was very strange how it all happened because he was he was just in the batter's box. He was he was taking a swing, and when he went to plant his front leg, uh, you just saw his foot give out from like just just give way a little bit, and he goes down, and it wasn't pretty from there. No, no, it was not. But to, uh, to finish the National Series with a cherry on top, did get two late home runs from Austin Riley uh, for a total of four RBI in this game. Braves beat the Nationals 8-2, extend their winning streak to 14 games. What's significant about them extending their win streak to 14 games is 14 games is the new record for longest win streak ever by a defending world series champion no world series champion in history has had a longer winning streak than the 2022 atlanta braves and boy does that feel pretty cool to say indeed
1: i'll take it it's been a good run it's been it has been
0: a good run 14 in a row heading up to the north side of chicago to try to make it 15 Unfortunately for us, the wind's blowing in at Wrigley this weekend. And uh, and for a team that's been relying pretty heavily on the long ball, that does not bode very well. And uh, if you watched this game, you know exactly what I mean, because the Braves, the Braves must have had six balls die on the warning track that would have been no doubters in any other park in the country. Um, but...
1: God God bless Chip Carey. (laughs) He's he's had a rough go.
0: (laughs) Indeed he has. Um, But yeah, so uh, unfortunately, as you could expect, uh, a team that relies on a long ball did not produce a lot of runs. Luckily for the Braves early on, at least, they had Charlie Morton on the mound. And this, I, I think I can say... without any doubt that this was Charlie's best outing of the season.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Charlie went seven innings, allowing only three hits, didn't walk a single batter and struck out nine. No earned runs, no runs unearned either. Uh, Didn't allow a home run, no runs. It It was great. It was fantastic. It was the Charlie Morton that we were hoping we would see this year. The bummer is that we couldn't score many runs. Yeah. And the Chicago Cubs tack on a run late in the eighth inning. Cubs win one to nothing to end the Braves' winning streak of 14 games and to end their own losing streak of 10 games. That's right, guys. Our team that was on a 14 game winning streak lost to a team that was on a 10-game losing streak. I love baseball, but sometimes I really hate baseball. (laughs) You can love baseball, but baseball will not always love you. This is absolutely true. So, we got (laughs) to... It it ended that way
1: because, of course.
0: Of course it did. How else would it end? I actually expected it to go into extra innings and then end that exact same way. Ugh. Ugh. So anyway, we are back at Wrigley Field on Saturday for a, another early start, a 2:20 game, uh, to try and right the ship and start a new streak. Uh, unfortunately, the Cubs struck early, and the Braves were never really able to catch back up. Uh, we had Kyle Wright on the mound. It was Kyle Wright's uh, probably his, his roughest start of the year in terms of runs allowed. He went six innings but allowed five earned runs, struck out eight, and walked one. Ah, the The stat that I saw that was mind boggling about this game, and this was this was yet another game of Wrigley Field just playing tricks on the Braves the entire time. Um, the, the The expected batting average, the statistic that that measures, you know, when you make contact with the ball, the direction it's going, the speed it's going, the angle it's going, how often that is going to be a hit. The Braves' expected batting average was like 310, uh, and the Cubs' expected batting average was like 200. Uh, Kyle Wright's uh, fielding independent pitching for this game was 0.84, and he allowed five earned runs. Um, This was one of those games where if you are a stat head in any way, this was the most upsetting game you could have ever watched. Because uh, there was, there was no reason for the Cubs to win this game other than the baseball gods smiling down upon them, and they did end up doing that. The Cubs win six to three.
1: Well, and you could you could almost say that for game one on Friday as well. I mean, you think you think even like to the very last out in the top of the ninth. You know, Braves have bases loaded. Arcia hits the absolute snot out of a ball over onto the right side of the field to the one player that's actually standing over there. Yep.
0: You know, the, the Braves just hit the snot out of the ball all day long, straight into Cubs gloves. Yep. yep. X- XBA might
1: be the most frustrating stat in all of baseball. It because there's be the only
0: purpose of that stat, just to, just to piss you off if it like, feels that way. Like, well, you know, it was a grounded, into double play, but 99% of the time that should fall in for a hit. Like, okay, now I'm upset.
1: (laughs) Baseball just being cheeky with us, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, So the Braves have now lost two following their 14-game winning streak. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we are recording on a Saturday. So by the time you guys hear this, tomorrow's game will already be complete the third game of the Chicago Cubs series with Ian Anderson going up against the uh, going up against Kyle Hendricks a guy who I'm excited for the for the Braves to face because if you recall the the couple of times we faced Kyle Hendricks last season I think on both occasions we put up six or more runs in the first inning and and Kyle Hendricks is not a bad pitcher (laughs) at all. He's very good in fact. We just absolutely owned him last season and uh sincerely hoping that continues for the Braves on Sunday. Boy, I hope so. <laughs> but after that, things start getting really real because as we all know, we have gone through a stretch where we're not playing the toughest of competition. Luckily, we won all those games, so we gave ourselves a little leeway for when the competition gets tougher. And that's coming up on Monday, guys. We've got a four-game set in Atlanta against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Monday's game is a 7-20 start with Max Freed on the hill going up against Logan Webb. This one is going to have a big-game feel, guys. I know it's a Monday night, but it is Dale Murphy bobblehead giveaway night, so you know the stands are going to be packed. You've got Max Fried and Logan Webb, who are two Cy Young caliber pitchers on the mound. You've got two offenses that are hitting. You've got Jock Peterson coming back, presumably getting his ring before the game. Monday night is going to be a big one at Truist Park. Can't wait for that. Tuesday is also going to be a 720 start. Charlie Morton gets the uh, gets the hill up against Carlos Roden. And the final game of the series, the game Alex. Alex! We've been over this. What?
1: It's Rodon.
0: Shut up. <laughs> we've done this like a this like third time. I don't... I, I'm, you know I'm not good with pronunciations. Okay. <laughs> Imagine me overseas trying to speak a language <laughs> that isn't English when I can barely speak English to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got the getaway game for the giants a 12 20 start on thursday kyle wright is back up Mm -hmm. on the hill going up against old friend alex wood i think i got that name right
1: yeah 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 sounds
0: sounds familiar (laughs) so that'll be a fun one uh get to see uh, a pitcher we watched years ago against one who's uh who's just kind of coming into his own this season and then friday The Los Angeles Dodgers are in Atlanta for the first time since game six of the National League Championship Series last year. Freddie Freeman will step into the box in Atlanta for the very first time as a visitor. All eyes are going to be on these three games, y'all. The Friday game is going to be a 7-20 start with Ian Anderson towing the rubber up against Luis Urias. Saturday is a seven fifteen start on Big Fox with Max Freed going up against Andrew Heaney. And on Sunday, we are the Sunday night baseball game. It is Braves-Dodgers on ESPN with Spencer Strider up on the hill against Tony Gonsolin. So, guys, we, we, enough resting on our loyals, Loyals? Laurels. Laurels, there it is. Enough resting on our laurels. Uh, with this schedule that was uh, quite favorable for us for the last couple of weeks, it's go time. And uh, we've got seven games straight in seven days against the Giants and the Dodgers. It's gonna be a really nice measuring stick to see where this team is actually at, if they can, you know, regain their composure after uh, uh, dropping a series to the Chicago Cubs, even though they had won 14 straight before that. It'll be interesting to see what happens and uh, and you know we'll be here next week to talk about all of it with you.
1: That's right.
0: All right, guys, and that's going to do it for us. As a reminder, today's episode of the Chatting Average Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. Rising Tide lifts all boats, so go check them out, online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org. Or open Instagram or Twitter and type in at Sports Drink. That is at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K, spelled like Sports Drink, just without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We are trying not to let the funk out. Cam, you feel funky? Go Braves. Go Braves. Go Braves. Go Braves. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. For Mr. Cam Matthews, my name is Alex. We will see you all next week for another brand new episode. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast, brought to you by Sports Drink. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash podcast and please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash We'll see you next week for another brand new episode.